Day is college football historian and Vegas legend Bruce Marshall. From Vegas Insiders, CBS Sports, and his own website, BAMSports.net. With over 30 years on Memphis Radio, with handicapping and sports talk, here's Bruce Marshall with Bryant and Brett. Bruce Marshall from CBS Sports, BAMSports.net, and Vegas Insider joins us now. Bruce. Don't hang up on us, Yeah, don't hang up on us. Yeah, on us. I, heard, I heard you're a big fan of the school whose song is playing right now. <laughs> no, Bruce, thanks for joining us. What are you doing playing that song in Memphis for? I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I don't hang like, up uh, on us, Bruce. I want to. Be, I play in the Eyes of Texas on Trey Shap show up there, and uh, you know that wouldn't yeah. work out too well, sir. There no, you go. no, it would not. We, we did, we did U Dub at three. Yes, we did SC at four. Bruce, you're going to be at the Coliseum tomorrow night. I wish you would be in Oxford. You were good luck for us in Oxford two years ago when Ole Miss played the Texas Aggies. But you'll be at the Coliseum. Tomorrow night, how many games of every type have you been to at the famed Coliseum? Oh gosh, could you uh, put a number? Come close to a number? Oh god, I I mean a hundred maybe. Uh, wow! The first the first games I went, I was pretty young. Um, I, I I believe I went to Dodger games there because we had season tickets, though I don't remember. Uh, but my older brother says yes, I did. Uh, when the Dodgers still played there, I consciously never doubt the older brother when he tells yeah. you you did something. Yeah, I, I I believe it because I've and, got a great uh, older brother. Consciously, I remember '63, the Ohio State game, uh, and the Stanford game, and uh, the Rams Colts game the day after the weekend, the two days after JFK was assassinated and Jack oh, wow. Ruby shot Lee Harvey Oswald that morning. I was actually, we went to the Coliseum that afternoon. That was on TV before y'all left for the game. Wow. Yeah, it was. And, uh, and from, I remember being there, but I, apparently, you know, they had no halftime. They didn't introduce it before. And, they, and, and CBS did not televise the NFL that weekend. But wow. from 63 yeah. on, I mean, I've been seeing a lot there. I saw OJ's first game in 67. Uh, against Washington State, and I saw uh, one game where SC played Clemson in '66. Clemson was the worst team I ever saw in '66, and SC missed all five extra points after all five of its touchdowns, thirty to nothing. Uh, but they missed every single extra point. Only time I've ever seen that. Good lord, that's incredible! You got to almost try to do that. I mean, if you line up and go, all right, let's shank every one of them. Is it was OJ the single best talent you ever saw perform on that fabled field? Yes, I uh, begrudgingly uh, will say that. Yeah. Um, now I've seen. Now we saw a lot of Rams games too. I saw the first Super Bowl there. We I, I went to a lot of games when I was young in the sixties. My dad took me to a lot yeah. of games, and and that's so why I saw the Packers. I saw no. Let me take it back. I saw Jim Brown one of his last games. It was rainy in '65, and the Rams hammered the Browns, uh, who had already sewed up the. Uh, uh, NFL East that year, so I did see Jim Brown there. He was not at his best that day, uh, but I, uh, you know, because I saw Brown, I'm going to defer to him, even though I did not see him at his best in that game. It's full, fully coming apart for SC, isn't it? And 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 I think a lot of the country are kind of like OU fans, not minding watching Lincoln Riley wallow in it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. I think you're right, Brad. And I, uh, um, I, you know, I've done shows up in. Uh, 
Oklahoma City and Norman with James Hale, a uh, mm-hmm. good friend of mine. And uh, two years ago, he and a lot of the Sooner fan base were really down on Riley. Now, the record wasn't too bad in 2021, but they thought that team way underachieved, and that was when Caleb was a quarterback. And he just he just does not – he is always going to be at the whim of whoever he hires on his on the defensive side there because he doesn't have any expertise the, on that side the of the Grinch ball. The Grinch that stole college football. Hmm. Yeah, and Alex Grinch seems to be his preferred guy. I, I, he's going to be forced into making a change after this season. But I think it's culture there, too. You can't be in L.A. these days and, and play the sort of defense. Uh, you, well, UCLA's playing that. But, I mean, it's just – it's. I mean, every tackle, they think the TMZ cameras are on them. They They – showboat you know every tackle they showboat and point the other way and things they just don't the mindset uh, isn't there and when your quarterback is more concerned about his earring and his uh, nail polish and that's true with uh, Caleb mm-hmm. Williams because yeah, uh, he, he talks about that he's into himself so much and it's just, and getting paid all this money I, I think it's a bad situation there right now yeah it really all right is. tomorrow uh, UW laying the three, three and a half at the Coliseum. Who do you take, Husky Dogs or Trojans? I take the Husky Dogs, although I'm a, a little leery right now because Washington has not looked good the last couple of weeks. Now, we can put that down maybe to a little post-Oregon letdown. The fact, Arizona State in particular, I, you know, Stanford, I don't know, uh, but, I mean, they got involved in a couple of scraps here, and there were some people up there uh, even in September, we were a little worried about the Huskies. They thought they, they didn't tackle as well as they should on defense. But, I mean, when you talk about bad defenses, SC is, is, uh, wins that race because of in bad defenses. And, um, by the way, uh, SC is now over 16-1 and one its last 17 games. The only game that landed under was against Stanford back in September when SC had scored 49 points in the first half and just took its foot off the pedal in the second half. That ain't going to happen here. They don't stop anybody. Washington, I think, if it shows up, will win. Though first team to 40, that might be the barometer here. I had it 45-38 Huskies. And, yes, I am going over again, although this total is 76. Ooh. That's more than double, way more than double some of these games we got this week. Uh, but I still think it goes over because uh, I don't think these teams stop each other, especially SC. If, if Penix is on, he will dissect that SC pass defense, which is pretty pretty uh, uh, spotty. Okay, so over 76.5, that will be over the game time temperature. It's supposed to be 68 at kickoff. Tomorrow in Memphis, it's supposed to be around 70 at kickoff. And I said the Tigers in South FLA would go over the temperature. Break down the hometown Tigers tomorrow at – Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium against South Florida. Well, you know, South Florida uh, has had its moments this year with Alex Golish, and the offense at times has looked really good. Now, they've had a couple of alarming uh, breakdowns, though, uh, defensively. And, uh, you know, the, the UAB game, uh, the FAU game, Tom Herman really laid it on them. Uh, so that would be a concern for mine on the South Florida side. Uh, uh, Memphis has gotten involved in some kind of wild games here, like the North Texas game, and I could sort of see that happening again here. Uh, so I might actually look, I might look over in this one too. I think Memphis outscores them here. Over would be my first thought. 45-35. Uh, Seth Hannigan should put up some pretty good numbers, and this offense should move against a very yielding South Florida defense. But I might look over, first of all, here in this one. 
A big one in Oxford tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock on ESPN. Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. Ole Miss looks to, to improve to 5-1 and one in SEC play tomorrow. Right now they're a 2.5 point favorite. That total sitting about 52.5. What do you like in this early game tomorrow? Yeah, well, you know, this, like Brett said, this game I came to two years ago. That was, it was the ESPN game, the night game. Two years ago, game day. It's 11, mm-hmm. yeah. eleven a.m. stuff. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be up for that. Uh, but I know Brett's got to be there. But um, Lane Kiffin has sort of enjoyed rubbing uh, uh, rubbing uh, Jimbo's face in it in the Jimmy Sexton game of the week here. It really um, is. But uh, I still wonder about uh, about A and M here, and I know they took South Carolina out last week. But it took them a while to get going last week and Max Johnson just does not have enough mobility at quarterback. Um, I don't think he's really a downgrade from Wiegman at all, but you, we saw when they've lost, we saw Tennessee come after him. We saw Alabama come after him and, uh, Ole Miss and nothing else. will try to do the same thing tomorrow. Um, Ole Miss seems to just balance things a little more, but they're not putting up those, those frightening rushing numbers this year, like they were a year ago, but, I think the off- I think actually this is a little more mature offense maybe and, and Dart's got another year at quarterback and he's been a little bit more effective. Um so I think Lane gets him again tomorrow. He seems to love beating Jimbo anyway. Twenty seven nineteen, Ole Miss. There is a narrow path for Ole Miss to get to Atlanta and maybe even the to the uh, final four. They have to beat Georgia to do that. So they got a lot of dominoes that have to fall. But you get it in November and that's still at least a possibility. It's uh, good times in, uh, at Oxford. It is, and the one way to stay in the conversation is keep winning. One thing, one way to go over the top rope and out of the conversation is to get beat. And if, if Ole Miss were to win tomorrow, I have said it would make next week the biggest Ole Miss November road game in history. So that cuts out October 31st in LSU many years ago. And it, it, it even cuts out Alabama games because those games weren't played in November, but it would set up a big one in Athens next week. But all that would be meaningless with a loss. Yeah, that would. And, uh, this, and remember the caution. I mean, this is about where it started to unravel for Ole Miss last year sure in did. November. And uh, so they got to be careful, but, uh, I, I, I think they can get the job done tomorrow. We'll see. Tomorrow, the Gators at 11 o'clock, our time, 11 a.m. Central Time, three, three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Razorbacks, six straight losses for Arkansas, and they've always struggled at the Swamp. Brett, somebody's got to uh, answer me why this number has moved down and who's betting this much money on Arkansas, because this number had been five-and-a-half, six, and now they're seeing three and three-and-a-half. I just don't yeah, get re- it. Real American money. Yeah, real money. Real and, currency. Uh, I don't know. I mean, one of some of the Walmart people bet on Arkansas. I don't know, but um, the offense has really been a mess. And I think, and you can confirm this better than me because you're closer by. But it seems like the Mississippi State loss really ratcheted things up on Sam Pittman. Now he he lost some close ones. The LSU game was close. They played Alabama close. They had a lot of some tough losses. But when you just got nothing going right against. Um, against Mississippi State and only scored three points. And now, in retrospect, the BYU loss is looking worse uh, because BYU is struggling. Um, and you're losing all these games in a row. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, his career record is now under 500, and Correct. that would save Arkansas in the buyout if they wanted to do this. So, I mean, his job is really on the line. But the offense hasn't worked without Kendall Bryles there this season. I think that 
that and oh, that even more than the Barry Odom departure to UNLV has hurt because this offense has really regressed this season. I'll say this about Napier. Um, you know, Mertz has had some good games, and they started off well last week. I don't think if Napier had to do it over again, he'd go for that fourth down in his own territory, down 10-7. He missed that, and then everything's the dam open the other way. But they've shown me more because Mertz has put up some better numbers than KJ this year. And I think uh, I think Florida uh, gets them tomorrow, 26-17 Gators. Uh, I just don't want to mess with uh, Arkansas right now. And that would cover the three-and-a-half easily Bruce says Gators over Arkansas. Bruce, I, I don't even know where the Razorbacks would start with a broad list. I, I know people would take the job. I know people that would want the job, but I, I, I don't. I mean, you know, there's always been a name or two. You know, way back to Coach Brawls and his, you know, for his successor was a couple of names, and you know, into replacing Lou Holtz, into replacing Ken Hatfield and Jack Crow and Houston Nutt, and all through the years, I, I don't, I don't know where to start. Well, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the, the Malzahn's name seems to keep coming up in his roots in Arkansas. That's inevitable. Uh, but he is not exactly tearing it up at UCF uh, this season. So, uh, and he really hasn't since he got there. So I'm not sure his star is shining as bright. They might think he's an improvement on Pittman. Maybe he is. He is something of an established commodity. In the SEC, in retrospect, his job at Auburn was pretty good. So uh, that might be where they turn. Um, but... Uh, you're right. I'm not sure what they would uh, do now. Would they? Would a guy like uh, Willie Fritz be interested in this this job uh, at this stage of his career? I'm not sure that he would. Uh, although like we heard he may have jumped to Georgia Tech if they would have been a bit more patient last uh, December, which they weren't. Um, there's some other ones around. Uh, I mean, uh, Matt Campbell, but I don't know that he wants to leave. I mean, Arkansas right now they're near the bottom of the pecking order in the SEC West. Now there's going to they're going to change the division thing next year but still now Oklahoma and Texas coming it's going to be that much harder um so it might be a little more difficult to recruit a top coach although it is an SEC job and SEC and Big Ten jobs are very coveted so I I hardly think anybody would say no to Arkansas these guys were talking about but uh they may have to look outside the normal net to find their guy yeah, and changing the division, getting out of the divisions, I, I know that would, you know, you're no, no longer sixth or seventh in the West, but then you're 14th, 15th, or 16th overall. And I think that will be sobering for people to pop up the standings and, and look at that. The idea of Gus Malzahn may be almost in coaching retirement victory lap, not that engaged. Pencil not that sharp is frightening. He it could be the final nail for the Razorback program if he came in and did him a halfway job. It might be, and like I said, uh, he ain't exactly burning it up with UCF. They have not won a league game this year in the jump to the Big Twelve. That is hardly a way uh, to uh, come in with any momentum if he really thinks he's a Jimmy guy. I think too. So I mean, maybe Sexton gets him involved, but. I had heard, we had heard that Malzahn likes it in Orlando, but I, like you say though, Brad, if, if there's an SEC job open up, especially back home, I hardly think Malzahn would say no. The question is, would Arkansas really ask him? I guess we'll find out if they keep losing this month and they pull the plug on poor Sam Pittman. We'll see. Yeah, it would be interesting. Uh, a big game tomorrow afternoon on CBS. Uh, 12th-ranked Missouri traveling down to Athens to take on 2nd-ranked Georgia. Right now, Georgia a 15.5-point favor. That total at 55.5. Uh, what do you think in this one? I, I, I have always thought this is the one that could get Georgia this season. 
Um, and uh, now they have, when they have, the mood has struck, like last week, like the Kentucky game, they look like they're ready to move into the NFC South. Um, but, you know, Bauer's still hurting, and um, they hadn't covered any other games this season. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they were a 31-point favorite last year into Columbia. Weather's a little bit dicey, but they were on the ropes. And uh, Kirby, after the game, saying, hey, look, he said they outplayed us, they outcoached us. He said, he said Eli, don't, Eli had us off balance in that game, and they neutralized that push-up front from Georgia defensively. And I don't think Georgia's got quite the same defensive front uh, as they had last year. Still really good, not quite maybe that level. And Stetson Bennett was completely flustered until well into the fourth quarter. And they finally figured out a couple things out, and they barely won that game. Missouri's better this year. Uh, Brady Cook, his shoulder is not hurting like it was a year ago. He's putting up really good numbers. Schrader is a really rock'em, sock'em fullback in there, sort of like Shipley from uh, Clemson. And Burden is a big-time receiver, and it's not a bad defense. And uh, if not, they could have beat LSU. They beat LSU. I mean, this is a – which they really could have. Um, they This this would be an even bigger game. It's still pretty big. I think Georgia wins, but not by a lot. 28-23. Uh, Missouri's covered this game the last few years, and I think Eli has done a great job. By the way, uh, this is the sort of guy, uh, if one of these SEC jobs opens up, and I know he's in the SEC – but uh, they have poached within the league before. Florida's going to do something with Napier and even Arkansas. Give Missouri a call. I know it's an SEC job and they pay pretty well there, but Drinkwitz is the real deal, I think. So Missouri to keep it real close between the hedges against Georgia. Tomorrow night, LSU and Alabama, part 99 in this, this saga between <laughs> those two. LSU with two losses and uh, and almost acting like this is the 2011 game, but it's not. LSU, they they have to have this one just to stay in in some loose conversation. Alabama, a three-point favorite. Who do you like? Well, it is like last year's game, sort of, uh, but I'm a little surprised the number is this low, now, uh, which is the lowest number Alabama has had you know, at home. And this is a lower number than when Joe Burrow came in there a couple of years ago. Now, Alabama was a little more lethal in 2019. It's a lower number than when Cam Newton came in there with Auburn the year they won the whole thing in 2010. Um, so, I mean, we will we will see. Um, let me say this, though, before we get much further here. Uh, LSU has already played Florida State in Orlando. They've played uh, Ole Miss, where you were at, Brett, and fought Hemingway, and they've played here at Tuscaloosa after this week. That is three high-ranked teams they've played all the way from Baton Rouge. Alabama is playing its fourth-ranked team this week. When you tell me Michigan and that schedule they have played and everybody wants, I know Michigan, they, okay, they'll get Penn State and Ohio State. I know they're good, but the Big Ten is a stinking joke. It's a travesty, and Michigan's schedule is a travesty. I don't know why they're not being called out a little bit more. You give this schedule to any SEC team, say maybe Vanderbilt, because they lost that game to UNOV back in September. You give this schedule to Jimbo, he's 8 no. And Jimmy Sexton's got him another raise in a contract extension. You give this schedule to Billy Napier at Florida. They're calling him the next Spurrier. And Jimmy Sexton gets him a contract raise and extension. You give Shane Beamer this schedule at South Carolina. He's 8-0. And he could run against Lindsey Graham the next Senate election and maybe win. <laughs> That's how ridiculous this Michigan. And I don't see why more people aren't calling Michigan out. I know they got to play Penn State and Ohio State coming up. But there is no excuse for what's going on. And this is why schedules have to be changed going forward. Okay, I got that off my chest. 
LSU, this would, put Jayden, this would put Jaden Daniels right in the middle of the Heisman race if yep. he can win this game. And if LSU wins, he's going to have to have a big game, like he did last year. That was the best last six, seven minutes last year in overtime. I think we saw all last season. But the difference here, I think, is, and this game, by the way, sets up a lot like last year for these two. Um, LSU had two losses coming in. Alabama has one. Uh, last year, though, there was a conference loss. The difference here, though, is this year, LSU's defense, I don't think, is as good as it was last year. They have fallen apart in the second half against Florida State and against Ole Miss, that game you were at, Brett. Um, and Alabama's defense has picked it up in SEC play for sure when it needed to at A&M against Ole Miss, the game in Tuscaloosa, against Tennessee a couple weeks ago. Shut out the balls in the second half. Very, very impressive. That's the difference between these two teams. That's why I'm picking Alabama. It's a little higher score I have, 37-29, and that is out of respect to LSU's incredible overstring. Every game this year, 12 straight, 15 in the last 16. The total's about 61. I think it goes over. But I think Alabama probably wins, and this number just looks a little too cheap to me. Don't be surprised if this gets bet up a little bit uh, before kickoff, too. Oh, I like it. Bruce Marshall from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAMSports.net talking wagering with us. I want to get to some NFL games, but before we do that, Bruce, what is your favorite college football game of the weekend and kind of your off-the-board play of the weekend? Uh, Iowa State. Um will beat Kansas, I think. Uh, they're betting Iowa State a little bit, but they have turned things around. you got Kansas off of that major upset of Oklahoma last week. They stormed the field. I still don't know if Jalen Daniels is playing. Now, Bean is an experienced backup. He's probably started more than most guys in the country, and he did start at North Texas before, but they, he's a little drop-off from Daniels. Iowa State is playing really, really well. That defense is outstanding, and Rocco Beck has picked it up at quarterback after they threw him in the deep end, but sooner than they wanted uh, early in the season. Iowa State in uh, that one. In uh, another one, I'm going to go in the Mountain West. I'm going to take Boise to go into Fresno and win. Boise is a couple plays from being 7-1 and one this season. They lost a few real close ones since they brought in um, uh, Maddox Madsen, at quarterback, taking most of the snaps now instead of tailing Green just a little bit too erratic. That has given some balance to Boise. Now, their best back, Arson Genty, I'm not sure if he's available this week, but George Halani, their other 1A, 1B back, came back last week, ran pretty well in the route over Wyoming. I think Boise goes into the Central Valley and takes down Fresno on Saturday night. Mm, well, those should be some fun games. Let's get to the NFL, Bruce, in an early morning again as we've got an international game. Dolphins and Chiefs right now, Kansas City coming off a loss, a one-and-a-half point favorite, that total at 50-and-a-half. What do you like in the early morning game? I like the Dolphins, though. I wonder if I'm just making a mistake and letting the eye test. And, and actually, in the Dolphins, not every game have they gone out and burned up the rails. I mean, they lost those two games uh, pretty heavily away from home against the Bills and Eagles, the best two they've played. But I just look at Kansas City, and I'm, something's missing here. And I think it's the, it's the wideouts there, and they're just not that special. And I saw Holmes just look flustered last week by Denver. Now, I know that, that bounces back. There's the yin and yang of the NFL, and that doesn't necessarily look good the week before. But still, this offense has been mostly Kelsey this season. Um, I just think there's an easier way for Miami to score, and I think they finally get them this week. So 27-23 Dolphins in uh, beautiful Frankfurt Sunday morning. Well, Bruce, from one Kelsey brother to the next, another big game on Sunday, Cowboys and Eagles. What do you like in that one? Eagles, I'm not buying yet on Dallas. This is the pattern for Dallas. We've seen for when things go right, Dak looks really good and everything fell in place. The Rams just sort of laid down for him last week. Not the same. He's had a couple losses on the road. We have been down this road with Prescott so many times until they win a big 
game like this on the road, and I'm not counting beating Tampa Bay in the playoff last year because that was a sub-500 bucks team, then I might start believing. I will take the Eagles here. They got Devontae Smith more involved in that game last week against Washington. It was close, but they won. I think the Eagles get him here. So 30-20, uh, to 20, Eagles. Bruce, please tell me, you've been to Frankfurt, you've been to Bundesliga games, and then tell us more about how we can access more information from you. I have been to Frankfurt, but only at the airport. Uh, Bundesliga is still on the bucket list, so uh, to be continued. Really? By the way, Bruce Marshall yeah. has a bucket list? Love that's it. amazing. Uh, yes, that's one. The Bundesliga. By the way, one more. Carolina, Frank Reich gets his revenge on the Colts. Take the Panthers on okay. Sunday. Anyway, check it out, uh, bamsports.net. And, uh, by the way, I write about that uh, Chiefs-Dolphins 71 playoff thriller on Christmas in the feature mm-hmm. story this week, College and NFL Picks, bamsports.net. Also, vegasinsider.com, all of my picks there. And CBS Sportsline, CBS Sports HQ, uh, already on this week, so I'll probably be on there next week sometime. But uh, check it out on Sportsline as well. That Christmas game, that started afternoon and ended early evening, didn't it? Uh, yes. Well, that, the, that was like was a three crazy. o'clock kick. Yep. It was very dark there. And, uh, NBC, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Over eight to six quarter. Yep. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because, because we, we, we were Christmasing and, and, and game was, and that game was on forever that day. Yeah. And there was big controversy playing those games on Christmas in 71 too. So that's something we all forgot about today, but you, I, I mentioned that in the story, how big of a deal that was and how much flack Pete Rosell took for playing on Christmas in 71. Interesting. Well, it should great be stuff, a Bruce. great weekend, Bruce. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next Friday. Okay, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Thanks, Bruce. Good luck. Bruce Marshall joining us from Vegas Insider, CBS Sports, and BAMSports.net. Brett, I know we have to get to a break, but I do uh, just want to get this out there. We've got breaking news. Um, We have word back from the NCAA. DeAndre Williams' eligibility waiver has officially been denied by the NCAA. This was the appeal from the University of Memphis on the initial ruling. So uh, DeAndre Williams' uh, career at Memphis is officially over. Um, He will not be a part of this team. That's where we'll start with Jason Mines right. at 5 o'clock, That's presented right. by Jim's Place Grill. Yeah, so we'll get some good information from Jason Munns at 5 o'clock. But we got to get to a break because when we come back, we got to talk Razorbacks. Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas. He's with us next. Start your day with Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10, right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Time to talk Razorbacks on Sports Time. Joining the guys is Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas to talk all things Hogs and SEC. On Twitter X at Ty Sports Radio, here's Ty Richardson with Bryant and Brett. Come on, all you Razorback fans, let's stand up and call those Hogs! Welcome back into Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you, and we're about to talk some Arkansas football and basketball with Ty Richardson. I just want to mention it again. We talked about it on the other side, but uh, the NCAA has officially rule, uh, has denied Memphis's DeAndre Williams his extra season of eligibility. We'll talk a lot more about that at 5 o'clock uh, when Jason Munns joins us, presented by Jim's Place Grill in Carville. But uh, without further ado, Ty Richardson from ESPN Arkansas joins us 
from Gainesville. He'll be at the Swamp this weekend for Arkansas and Florida. We'll tie a an off week last week for the Razorbacks. What, what are the airwaves like? What are the calls? What are the texts y'all are getting about this Arkansas football team? Well, there's a lot of basketball this week, Brian. Uh, based on the exhibition, went over Purdue. Yeah. So I, I think that, again, not not to take away, it was that way on Monday and then people kind of centered their focus back on football. But, I mean, they got to win tomorrow. And it's they've never won in the Swamp. Uh, this is not a vintage Florida team like they've had under Spurrier or Meyer. So this is, they're capable of doing it. Just got to see a little bit from that offense, guys. It is a big game for Arkansas and, and for Sam Pittman. And, and Ty, we'll, we'll do it while you're on there. We were talking with Bruce Marshall from the goal sheet. And this might be a little premature. And if you're uncomfortable with this line of questioning, please tell me so. Cause I sure don't, sure don't want to violate our friendship. But where would the Razorbacks even start kind of with a master list of names? Have y'all had that discussion? Have people started thinking about that for Sam no, Pittman not, possible uh, replacements? Yeah. And I, I don't think it's, premature i mean that's part of the part of the territory um to to be honest brett i I think it's more difficult than i think this is a better job than it was when sam Pittman took it over after morris nearly destroyed the arkansas football program but now you're sitting here wondering and i I think it also comes down to what other jobs would be open at this point i i saw a great piece from ross delliger this person like over a decade that no coach has been let go for on-the-field reasons. We know Fitzgerald and, and also Mel Tucker for off-field stuff. But I mean, it's been two months in the season. We haven't seen any D1 college football head coaches let go. I thought Napier, honestly, might be one of them. But he's he's had a decent year thus far. So I, I think it's it really depends, Brett, on what other jobs are available because then your selection can be more plentiful if you're not competing against better programs. Yeah, and, and tomorrow doesn't make it any easier. You're right, never won at the Swamp, only defeated Florida once since Arkansas joined the SEC and only beat them twice ever. I remember the Blue Bonnet Bowl in 1982, <laughs> Ty. I was going to ask you uh, if, if that was a game you could recollect. You Man, you got this uh, Venus flytrap memory, Brett. I swear, I, I don't know how, none of this stuff ever leaves you. You can you can tell me the quarterback, you can tell me 28-24 Razorbacks. <laughs> See, and, and that's why they call you, that's why you earn the nickname Stats, man. Right. Stuff like that. I, the, and, and, and Florida was good that year. They had Wilbur Marshall went on to, you know, star for the Chicago Bears. The, the Razorbacks had Brad Taylor at quarterback. Florida had Wayne Peace at quarterback. And, and that week at bowl parties, Arkansas had a linebacker from Fort Smith, Raven Caldwell, that got in and, and was at the like the rodeo, and he like injured one of the one of the bulls at the at the rodeo in Houston that week. Raven Caldwell was a bad dude. Golly, can you imagine that happening today, where you have these different events that guys got to to go off to? It, it, it is just wild how uh, things yeah. were back in the day, and no one no one really thought the other the other way. It was just. They, let me tell you something. If I had my brothers to go back and relive through a certain era, I would probably want to be a kid in like the eighties or nineties. Uh, like growing up in the two thousands was just okay, Brian. It would have been. I mean, it just sounds like you guys had so much more, especially in college. <laughs> like, golly, no social media, you don't have to worry about anything. Oh, that's a good point, man. Well, 
I think every I think every generation kind of thinks. So I, I heard my friends around Far City. You know, they were adults to me, but I was I was friends with some of them. You know, they were there in '62, '63, '64, '65 during heyday years in football. But one thing that we did get at Fayetteville, we got football and basketball. Now they get football, basketball. And baseball, and another big thing, I, 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 one of the big changes, and it's everywhere, is wh- whether you went to Alabama in the 70s or 80s, or you went to Auburn, or you went to Ole Miss, or you went to Fayetteville, the enrollments were not to the large, large numbers they are now. And I didn't know everybody, but darn it, it felt like I did. Well, based on the people that you mention on campus and talk about today, it still seems like you do. I... I'm lucky where I've got friends all over, um, Brad. I, I mean, I've got friends that live in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, out in California, New York. I mean, they're Arkansas kind of branched out, and it's been um, it's been fun to go visit them in various aspects. And Arkansas has now got an enrollment of over thirty thousand kids. I don't know what incredible. So we were eight or yeah. nine thousand max. Isn't that isn't and, that crazy? I mean, and, and, and I, I felt like I knew everybody on campus, and I badly wanted to. I, I wanted to cast a wide net, and I had, I had an older friend. I was a freshman. He was a senior, and he told me, he said, meet and know everybody on campus the best you can. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's a great advice. More, for how many years apart are we? 30-something? And I feel like that. I feel like I'm talking to someone my age, and hopefully, I, <laughs> hopefully, you feel the same way when we speak. I mean, you just I you sure have do. that knack and ability, Brian. You, you got a, you, you got a lucky co-host. Oh, yeah. you, got, you got you got lucky with your co-host. Very I'll lucky. tell you that. Uh, John, Johnny Hill, that's working with us, and and will be be uh, more prominent working with us going forward. I told him the other day. I look at us as contemporaries. Mm. We are peers. Don't 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 think of. I, I know I am an old man, but but <laughs> but, but l- l- look at me on. I mean, we're we're on we're on equal footing. All right, with that. So we know how excited people are about basketball. The big win over Purdue. Ty, and it, it, it was not, it, it was not fandom. It, it's what I believe. We, we did final four picks. I have picked Arkansas to win it all. Let's go. Oh, gosh, if that happened, I don't, I don't think I'd be able to wake up that next day. 30 year <laughs> anniversary. It is. And they're, uh, they're going to honor the basketball team with some, some jerseys. Give away like 3,094 jerseys on Monday. I guarantee you they'll do some big hoopla before the, Duke game on November oh, yeah. the 29th. It's Wednesday, ESPN 815. Guys, and Brad, I know you were joking with me about this in the summer, but there might not be, and I'm not, this is not just my Arkansas fan, I'm, I'm dead serious. There might not be a more difficult ticket in college basketball to get this season than that game in Bud Wall and no that night. It, no it, it, I mean, it, the atmosphere, and I know there's people listening and that, that have never been, like I've been to the forum, maybe you've been to the Tad Pad or where you've been to the the new, and I'm forgetting the new facility um, down there in Oxford. Mm-hmm. Pavilion. Um, various, yeah, the pavilion. Um, and maybe there's other venues, been to the Humped Up, or you've been to the Coleman Coliseum. I- I'm telling you, if you get an opportunity at any point, if you're an SEC fan listener, or just a basketball fan, you've got to see a marquee game in that arena, and I guarantee you your life will be changed when it comes to college basketball. Yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of that game against Purdue, I mean, the energy was incredible watching that game on Saturday um, in Bub Walton. But what was your biggest takeaway from this Arkansas team, seeing them go up against a, a team that a lot of people have in their top four, top five preseason polls in Purdue? 
Well, I'm going to stay with the name that a lot of fans listening right now know. And that's Chandler Lawson. Yeah. So here's a kid that played two years at Memphis, two years at Oregon, and is going to like to spend his final year in Fayetteville. And I'm going to be honest, guys, I didn't think he was going to play a lick this year. Mm. Not only does he start against maybe the toughest cover in all of college basketball, but he limits him to like 15 and 9. Yeah. I mean, he averaged 22 and 13 last year. They had five starters back, six of their top seven scorers. They shot under 40%. Chandler Lawson had 10 points, three steals, and three blocks. He, to me, was the player that stood out the most, not just on, on Arkansas, but anywhere on the floor. I mean, that is like a seven foot six wingspan, yeah. fellas. You just don't see that in college basketball. No, you don't. And that's, that's one thing, uh, Penny Hardaway last year always raved about with Chandler Lawson was defensively, he's going to be the most sound out there. He's going to be the leader defensively. And so, I mean, like you said, you, you didn't think he would play much. 33 minutes in that, in that exhibition game against Purdue. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. That means you, you earn those minutes on a team as loaded as, uh, as Arkansas. Yeah. And, and Brian, they, with him and Trevin Brazil, Trevin's 6'10", Chandler's like 6'8", but they're both yeah. small and lanky and athletic. They're not the most imposing front line, but they can, they're can. really difficult to cover on the over other end because they can both shoot it and can both get to the rim. Arkansas, I, I wouldn't necessarily is going to be as like physically imposing as they've been in some years, but they do have just so much athleticism and still some length. It is, it's going to be a fun team to watch, and uh, th- those battles in Lexington, uh, the battle in, in, in Coleman Coliseum at the end of the year, uh, Tennessee comes to town, Auburn. I mean, there's just going to be some great SEC battles this fall. Or this All right, real quick, real quickly, Ty, tell, tell me, when you go, if you could pick out, pick out a number of your favorite player from that 94 team, what number would it be and what player would it be? I like shooters. I'm going to go Dillard. I mean, you take a number 30 I, then. He only hit yeah. the most important shot in Razorback history. Yeah, he, he just, I mean, Scotty's, Scotty's hard to beat, too. Uh, they're, they're just... That, oh, oh shot, so you went Al Dillard, not Scotty Thurman. Okay. Yes, I was, Al Dillard. And, and, I got and you. Really, Scotty's a great one, too. I just, I like the spark plug off the bench. I've always enjoyed a player that thrives in that role. And he was a kid, again, overlooked because of his height and just could shoot it from anywhere on the on the floor. So that would be... Kind of an unorthodox answer, Brad, but I would I would say I I'm like sure. it. Yeah. Well, I, I th- my my heart would be my heart would be my friend John Insco. He only scored twenty eight <laughs> points in his career. He wore uniform number thirteen, but he worked his ass off, and he made that national championship team and that national runner up team a, a better team. And I love him so much, and we're very 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 close friends. But I would go with Big Nasty, thirty four, greatest player in Razorback history, in my opinion. He just, I mean, Corliss, you saw it in high school. I mean, when, when the, those guys battled in Pine Bluff, him and Jason Kidd, Corliss blocked a shot at the buzzer on the Keen Con Classic. I mean, he's just, he's different. And, the, I mean, even in middle school when Nolan Richardson was like, who's this kid? And uh, got introduced to his mom and him. That's just, uh, I, I always appreciate it. I'm sure Memphis fans feel the same way and every other fan of an SEC team listening. When you have a kid grow up in your own backyard, and you see them flourish like Corliss did back in the day. Not that you don't love kids from out of state, but there's just that little extra that you really appreciate about kids that grow up within your own state. Absolutely. Well, uh, Ty, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy Gainesville this weekend, and we'll do it again next Friday. 
Guys, looking forward to it. Appreciate you having me on as always. Thanks, Ty. Thank you. Thank you, Ty. Appreciate it very much. All right, let's get to bingo. Are That's you ready? Right. I'm ready. You want to start or you want me to? I'll start the Michigan story. It's going to oh, dominate. Oh, man, good one. Good call. Se- second one for me, Mike Gundy and how he's been running hot since the Big 12, mm-hmm. really almost the dissolution, with certainly with Texas and Oklahoma leaving the final bedlam. Uh, third one for me will be Dabo and he- what happened with Tyler from Spartanburg. Yeah. Is that the right hometown? That, I Tyler believe from, so. Yes, Spartanburg. And, and number four, NFL on Sunday. Get ready on the Twitter X machine. If they lose, Magic Johnson on Twitter oh. calls for a coaching change in old D.C. Oh, that's a great one. Wow, that's a good one. Okay, I've got two college, two NFL. I'll start with my college. Uh, tomorrow morning on game day, he did it the first time they were in Tuscaloosa. Pat McAfee stands on a chair and gets the uh, the students going to uh, to roll wave. Topless? For, uh, oh, you never know. I mean, certainly. Bottomless? Oh, no, no, no. G-rated show. My second one for college, an all-time classic for the final bed game as we know it. I think it's going to be an, an incredible one that people say we cannot lose this rivalry. My two for the NFL, daylight savings time combined with an 8.30 a.m. kickoff is going to cause madness on social media for people trying to watch that game. My final one, no matter what the final score is, no matter if they win or if they lose, you're going to see a lot of Cowboys overreactions. If they win, they're the best team in the NFL. If they, My Cowboys. It, well, my Cowboys. Too, I'll be calling them the best team in the NFL, Brett. But if they lose, people will be You're saying Cowboys. exactly, <laughs> yeah. and people will be saying they can't win the big ones after losing to San Francisco a couple weeks ago. So it should be a fun weekend. Those are our bingo cards for this weekend. But we got to get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for big number of the day. Be sure to follow us at Sports Fifty Six WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows. Stay up to date with station events and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports Fifty Six WHBQ. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. All right, Brett, well, I'm going to the NBA for my big number of the day today. Last night, the Spurs were in Phoenix for another game against the Suns. They played them earlier in the week, and the Spurs won on a last, kind of last minute couple of plays that, that were able to give them the win. But my big number, uh, today is five. Last night, Victor Wimbanyama had his, by far his best game, game uh, of his young NBA career. He led the Spurs in five different categories. Points with 38, rebounds with 10, blocks with two, three pointers made with three, and plus minus with a plus 21. He's the first teenager in NBA history to lead his team in all five categories in the same game. 
And you saw the respect post game. Kevin Durant right yeah. to him, and how Wimbyama towers over oh, Kevin man. Durant. Oh, That's the imposing size of yeah. him. And Durant goes to him, and you know you couldn't. I, I didn't know what he said, right. but you could tell it was like much respect, my man. Uh-huh. You, you you got you got a place for a long well, long time in this league. I texted Keith Smith. I said, Keith, yeah. you can always say you were oh, there man. on the night he laid down that first marker yes. of greatness. Yes, and and my favorite thing was ear- earlier this week when they played the first time. Uh, Kevin Durant was asked, you know, Victor Wembanyama says that you're one of his player favorite players to watch when he was younger. What does that mean uh, to you? And his response was, means I'm getting old, which is a hilarious response. It's true. I I mean, Kevin Durant's getting on up there, but a remarkable showing for Victor last night. I want to get into this more maybe next week. There have been very few people, you know, we've kind of heard of, they're out there. LeBron did it. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods did it. Yes. Kobe did it. Peyton Manning did it from kind of, you know, younger, young men, 13, 14, 15, 16 years. Heard about Tiger from two years Mm -hmm. on, two years old on. Hard to live up to that. So far, so good for Wimby. Yeah. Yeah, I, and he looks like he's going to join that list of of, of of people that we heard was going to be this great. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of people that didn't end up like that. My big number, it could be a couple. It could be 12, as in 12 years ago, the game of the century, the game of all time in Tuscaloosa between LSU and Alabama. But I'm going to go with the total points of that game, and I think it's a reflection of how the game has changed. Total points scored that night, 15. Nine six LSU. Oh, wow. No, no, no chance you're gonna see a. Well, we did see seven three Mississippi State LSU, uh, uh, Mississippi State Arkansas at a in a high level game. You're not seeing any nine six games. No, anymore. Not at all. That should be a great one this weekend. I didn't even realize. I don't think until today that we've got the the SEC double header this weekend on CBS with that Missouri uh, and Georgia game, and then going into the LSU Alabama game. So that should be a lot of fun. Well, we need to get to a break, but before we do that, the weekend it's here, and I know I'm looking for a night out. I know a lot of other people are looking for uh, one as well. So let me point you into the direction of 117 Prime. Located at 117 Union Avenue, opening 4 p.m. daily, 117 Prime offers perfect steaks cooked to your liking over Hickory Wood for the best flavor in town. And that meat, it's regionally sourced for the best taste, so you don't have to worry about it traveling cross-country like at some of these other steakhouses. Pair your steak with a wine from their award-winning wine menu or switch it up with the wine of the month. Not a fan of beef? No problem. 117 Prime also offers outstanding seafood like oil oyster, shrimp, and lobster. Also, get down there right now and you can enjoy their happy hour from 4 to 6, Tuesday through Saturday for the best happy hour that downtown Memphis has to offer. To make reservations, head over to 117prime.com or give them a call 901-433-9851. That's 901-433-9851 for 117 Prime. Well, we need to wrap up this hour and get to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk Tiger basketball with Jason Munns. The breaking news came out earlier today that the NCAA has denied uh, DeAndre Williams an extra season of eligibility. So we'll get to all of that next with Jason Munns. 